Hey, it's Faith, and you're listening to Not Like the Movies. Today I'm talking to Kyle Golding, who is the executive assistant to Henry Penzi, who represents people like Carmen Electra and Vernon Davis and many more. Kyle is not only an executive assistant, he is also a producer and an up-and-coming talent manager. We talk a lot in this episode about not playing by the rules and being okay with asking for things, which is something that I struggle with a lot, but in this industry, there's no correct way to do something or to get to where you want to go, and I think this is a great example of just saying, fuck it, I'm just gonna ask for what I want and do it in kind of a new way, and it worked out for Kyle, so maybe it'll work out for you too. If you're not driving right now, if you can make sure that you follow and rate this podcast, it would be incredibly helpful. You don't even have to write a review. If you want to, great, gold star. But if you don't, you can just click that five-star rating and go on your merry way. If you're driving, please don't do it while you're driving. It is 1am as I am recording this intro and it is slightly unhinged, but I hope you enjoy this. This is Kyle Golding. So what you think, so what you do, they don't really care about you. So have a drink and think it through, but baby it's not like the movies. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. That was awful. I thought I had fast internet. <laughs> it is okay. It always updates like right when you don't need it to. Yeah, I feel that. The most panicked I've ever been is like a lot of our chem reads for stuff is on Zoom. <laughs> like you log <laughs> in like five minutes before and it's like updating. I'm like texting wow. my manager and I'm like, I'm I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up in the bay right now seeing some family. There's a nice little balance away from the craziness of LA. Sometimes you need to just leave. I drove to Big Bear on Saturday and just did work there. Like I didn't do anything super fun. (laughs) But I just like did work there on my computer and walked around and I was like, wow, there's no billboards. Oh, I know. Things that I've seen that I auditioned for that I didn't get. (laughs) Now I understand the saying or like the songs when it's like escape from LA. Like I understand it now when I get a break from it. When I was little, I was like, why would you ever want to leave? Right. Do you have family in the Bay Area or no? Yeah. I was born in uh, Berkeley, California. Okay. East Bay near Oakland. I was like, you know what? I'm going to step out for a little bit. And then the strike ended when I was up here. So, I mean, I didn't miss too much, but now it's everything's coming up. My phone's blowing up, emails. It's yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. The minute it ended, my manager texted me and I was like, you're probably overwhelmed right now. And he was like, yeah, a little. (laughs) Because you're from California, mm-hmm. it's very rare that people like leave and come back. I feel like like if they're leaving, they're gone. <laughs> and if they're staying, then they grew up here and stayed here the whole time. But you left, went to two different schools, right? First year was at Virginia Tech. My dad's grandparents went there. It was sort of like a legacy thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure, I'll go there. But then after a year, I'm like, no, this is way too Southern for me. I, I do not fit in here. <laughs> huge engineering school looking at majors I changed my major on the little website they had like five times I know my counselor probably thought I was insane I was like going to property management and then to get into the business school there even marketing was way too hard so I'm like okay I don't want to do property management 
I don't want to do human development was actually my first major human development. What is that? I got the question in class and I didn't even know how to answer <laughs> it. <laughs> but it's sort of like the progress of how people grow up. I don't know. This is not for me. So I was just looking at schools to transfer to. I was like, University of Minnesota, completely random, never been to the state, never been to the city. I kind of use it as like, get out of my comfort zone. That helped me get to LA. So I wasn't overwhelmed too much. And then I just majored in marketing in Minnesota, right outside the Twin Cities. I knew I want to be in a city and it just worked out. That's all I can say. It just worked out. <laughs> I think that's so funny because I knew since I was six that I wanted to be an actor. But I also have a bunch of friends who did a bunch of other things and then found what they wanted to do. And I feel like there's benefits to both. You end up living a lot of different lives and experiences and going to a lot of different places instead of being so hyper-focused on one thing. Mm -hmm. But how did you get from, so you did marketing and then you're like sporty, you're into sports things, and then you end up being in the arts. So how does that, usually those are polar opposite. Yeah, I know. I get this question all the time. It's it's so funny. So I really reached out. I didn't even know LinkedIn existed. And there was like a senior focus class at University of Minnesota. She's like, okay, I need all of you guys to create a LinkedIn. I'm like, what the hell is a LinkedIn? I was looking at obviously marketing jobs, sports jobs and whatnot, because that was sort of all I cared about back then. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I kind of really into movies, TV, entertainment, researching types of careers. And I found out a talent manager because I liked helping people reach their goals and seeing them be happy. So I was like, oh, a talent manager. OK, so let me Google like the top talent managers. Oh, it's like I CAA, WME. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but then I found this like weird thing on Gronk because now my boss, Henry Penzi, said, Gronk is going to be the next Stallone, Schwarzenegger. So I'm like, who is this guy? And then I realized he was with Mark Wahlberg back in the day, Carmen Electra, Vernon Davis, and a bunch of other NFL players. So I'm like, okay, hopefully this dude's on LinkedIn. I just sent him a message and he got back and I was shocked. Yeah, that's shocking. I said, I'll come down to LA and literally would just meet up, meet up for like a little coffee, a little thing to eat at Cafe Roma. Always at Cafe Roma. You never yeah, know, know what type of meetings are happening there. <laughs> we clicked and it was amazing. Our humor matched, had the same interest. The movies or entertainment we focused on, say it was like comedy, drama, or sports themed. So I was like, okay, this fits me well. And that's all we can say. It just clicked. You just like flew out here from Minnesota? Once I graduated, because I was just getting denied left and right from jobs. I applied <laughs> Relatable. To yeah. Marketing sports manager was like, oh my God, this is awful. So I came back home. I was here for two months. And I was like, you know what? Let me just switch it up a little bit. A Hail Mary. Yeah, literally a Hail Mary. And I was like, holy, holy crap, this guy answered. You can cuss. It's okay. 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 I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this, this guy answered, this legend. And I knew we clicked because every time someone's like, are you guys father and son? And I'm just like, no. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, we, we go everywhere together and it's just amazing. Like I couldn't have asked for a better person to learn from. That's so cool. That's so random. <laughs> oh, I know it's random. So many things in this industry are just random where you were at the time. If you asked, I think I was brought up very, you don't want to overstep. You want to be careful, especially as an actor. We don't have a lot of control already. So you want to be really easy to work with, not asking for anything. But the funny thing is a lot of the ways that people get in 
is by asking people for favors or asking mm-hmm. for things or messaging someone that you don't think is ever going to respond. Mm-hmm. And then it does. So it took me a long time to be like, it's okay to ask. I'm, they're not going to, if they don't remember me, that's not going to affect me when I audition for them. They're still not going to remember me. Right. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> Did you have any imposter syndrome of like, what am I doing? Oh yeah. Then I was like, honestly, like you said, a Hail Mary. I was like, I do not give a fuck. So I was, it was so funny. I was sending DMs to literally the vice president of Paramount, like on his Instagram. And I know he's, he hasn't even seen it. Like he's probably like, what the fuck is this? I hope but, someday you meet him and you're like, if you just look through your DMs. I'm in I know movie. literally. Oh my God. I went, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm literally going to shoot for the stars. And I sent, he wasn't even the only producer, town manager. I sent a LinkedIn message to, I sent to so many, so many. And then I was like, wait, let me go on Instagram and DM these people. My name's Kyle Golding. I'll do whatever you need. If you need me at 4 a.m., I got you. (laughs) Getting your foot in the door is so important. But I got so lucky with meeting Henry. So when he first hired you, what was your official title? Pretty much assistant to executive producer slash talent manager. So as that position, because it is so specific to who you work for and what the projects are, no one really knows what anyone actually does. For your experience, what was your responsibilities when you started and how have they kind of shifted? It really started just basic administrative stuff, coordinating emails, Henry, you got to go here, but he was always like, no, you're coming with me, coming with me. So coordinating emails for Carmen, Gronk, Vernon, and then going into meetings, taking down notes with directors, producers, or even actors who wanted us to represent them. And then I sort of understood the lingo, paying attention to what he said, the questions he asked, writing them down. And as I got into more, he said, hey, can you go on this Zoom and talk to this actor, this director, this producer? Because he was going a thousand miles per hour doing so many other stuff. I was like, yeah, I got you. I have what you say on every single meeting right here on a piece of paper. So I wasn't nervous. I was just going to copy what he says. And it worked out. And then I was like, okay, I can understand this. I can be a talent manager. The confidence grew. And then I started getting emails from people. Hey, Kyle, I see you worked with Henry. Would you be interested in managing me? I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, I don't, I wasn't. (laughs) I know. Hell yeah. Because he he told me that's how you do it. You just got to go into the trenches, throw yourself in there and learn. So this girl, Yasmin Knight, who lives in London, she created this fantastic log line. So I'm taking advantage of it. And we're currently working on it, finding literary agents. We have a PR lady signed on. So it's like my first big project client. And I can't wait because my goal is to make her a star. My high is making people stars. That's what I want to do. I even get messages on LinkedIn. I'm like, wow, full circle. I'm like, thank you so much for reaching out. I've been in this position. I understand what you're going through, but I always give people a meeting. I'm never going to like ignore them because I hated that feeling. Same. (laughs) I'm not going to give them to Henry because he obviously has the higher clients and whatnot. Well, also it's, it would not be helpful for me to be signed with CAA right now. They'd be like, I'm not pitching you because it's you and Sydney Sweeney that we're giving these people and they're going to pick Sydney Sweeney. That just doesn't make sense. I need to be with an agency that's at my same level so Mm -hmm. that I'm not competing against A-list celebrities. It's good to start small. Like you gain confidence, exposure, and then boom, you're ready to go to the big time. Everything I learned from Henry is the money will come and things will come. You just got to be really patient. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm focused on Yasmin and then I have 
a few other people on my list. I'm very excited. And now I'm officially, you can say a junior talent manager, but I don't consider myself a junior. I'm ready to go in. You can say up and coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was your interest in the industry just that accident of like, yeah, I guess I like movies and I'll message these people. And then you got in it and then your passion for it grew. I'm going to be honest. I could never sit through a fucking movie when I was younger. Hilarious. <laughs> my types of TVs, the office, superstore, workplace comedies. I needed a laugh. That was my um, meditation and a way to get away from reality. And then, yeah, like you said, then I realized as I got in it, I'm actually passionate about this. Like I would wake up and I didn't even care about Deadline until I got to Hollywood. Now I'm just reading Deadline, The Hollywood Order. And I finally found my passion, which is, like I said, creating a star. I love it. Then when you bring your talent onto that, you get the producer role. And then you can kind of have more say in the creative aspect. And that's kind of how when things get pitched to us, we try to figure out, is this really right for that person? Because we're not just going to like take the money. Because it's just unfair to the actor. Because they could go in there and then do a crappy job. So we really break down the script and see, is this really right for them? So they can excel and then that'll give them more opportunities. So that's what I do. I try to see, is this gonna fit my clients? Is this gonna fit Henry's clients? And if it does, we always do a meeting with the director, producer, with the talent. We wanna do a face-to-face, -face, not just over the phone and really check if there's a vibe, there's a connection. And then once you're on set, it's just flows smoothly. With you working under Henry, What's your title with him now? And then are you working with him and then also independently as your own entity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm with him, executive assistant to producer, and then when I'm by myself, just a talent manager by myself. Not just, but yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a producer with Henry, do people come to you and pitch stories and ideas and that sort of thing? Or are you guys looking through things and finding people and more so creating the story with other people. It's kind of both. We, we get a lot pitched to us because his clients are so, I mean, Gronkowski, Carmen Lecture, they speak for themselves. And then once we're on there, then we sort of use our vision because we have to say, once he's on as an EP, he has the say of creating. We would sit down with the director and then with the other talent. And then we would just change the storyline. We do a script reading. And I'm like, Henry, I don't think you should say that. Or he's like, no, 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 wrong. Change with that. And then it sort of forms like that. When people come in and pitch to you guys, are there certain things that you think are pitfalls or are little tells for you guys that this person isn't confident in their project or there's no sense of direction? Or it's really on how the email looks. We want a lot of details and information though. The amount of emails and pitch decks and sizzle reels I get to go through, I feel bad in saying it. It's, their approach is just not gonna get them what they want. Meaning like, is it too long? Is it not enough detail? Is it just like messy? Messy. One time the email was good. So I'm like, wow, this script sounds really good. And I was reading the script and it was just grammar error after grammar error and it didn't flow. I'm like, damn. And then I feel like it's all about presentation say they pitch us and they say the money's in play, director's in play, then that gives us more of confidence to give them more attention and read it. But I would, it's really on the approach. Like if you just give us, I've read some Dear Henry Penzi, I have this, or Dear Kyle Golding, I have this story that I think is perfect for your, your client. And then the little log line. And if they don't really have like a script or anything even written, we don't really give it time because we don't have time for them to go write a script and whatnot. A lot of people pitch us a whole movie, a whole episode tv pilot and a little pitch deck pitch decks are very important visualize we like to visualize it 
I've gotten some such good uh, pitch decks. And then we would send it to the clients and make sure they're on board. And mm -hmm. then boom, then we're like, yeah, we're interested. Do you want to meet? And then goes from there. Has there ever been something that you guys were on board and then either the writer or the person that brought it to you did something that made you guys pull out and be like, no, we're not, we're not doing this with you anymore. That's a great question. We went to the Soho house and um, the one in West Hollywood. I didn't know you weren't allowed to be on your phones or anything in there or like you're allowed to do it. So pretentious. I know. And I got yelled. At. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Well, then we realized this guy said he had this great movie and he had like these A-list actors in it and he was trying to get Gronk or Vernon, any of his top clients in it. So we're like really interested. He said the movie's ready to go. Action, drama. We picked his brain. We realized he was looking for like investing money and that kind of throws us off because we're not trying to invest in anything right now. He didn't really want his clients. He just wanted like money into it. Don't have the time just to throw in money. It's such a game because you're like, yeah, I would be great if people could just be honest. But yeah. I also acknowledge like it is a business and it I is. guess people have to play. With your degree in marketing, I know it's not social media marketing, but you've done some social media stuff on your LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Do you think because it's such like that's essentially an extension of my resume right now. I go into auditions and sometimes probably 90% of the time now, they'll ask for my Instagram handle. Do you think that there are certain things that your clients or people that you've worked with under Henry do that aren't helping them in their social media or like hurting them? Do you think it's not as big of a deal as some of us think it is? What's your take? I really, we don't want to like overstep if it's not on set or with the movie. We want them to like, just have the freedom, be on your social media. Mm -hmm. But also don't ruin your image. I mean, it's kind of just straightforward. Just don't do anything fucking stupid. But no, we haven't really had that problem. Carmen has her own style on Instagram. Vernon has his own style on Instagram. And Gronk's Gronk. He has his own style. So we, we don't really overstep in that. Just give them the freedom. We don't want to be the parent. I heard this take of before social media, a lot of actors would go from horror to action to a rom-com to whatever because there's like this weird subconscious thing of I know what Zendaya's brand is on Instagram and because I know who she is more so I now in my head can only see her as whatever character do you agree with that or do you think it's like we're thinking about it too much it's it's just social media it doesn't really matter I'm gonna be honest I think we're thinking about it too much I think so too, because Zendaya, I'm like, I'll believe anything. You want to go be in Dune? Great. You're amazing. Right? You're in Euphoria? Amazing. Yeah, I know. I feel that. But no, I don't think it's that serious. I don't really waste my energy on like focusing on the social media. What I do waste my energy is kill this part. Make sure you study the script so we can hit it in the movies and then more opportunities come. That's really our focus. Just focus when it's time to focus. Sometimes after an audition, my manager will text me and be like, hey, I talked to so-and-so. This is what they said. They liked this. Next time, let's do this. Do you get to talk to casting after auditions and kind of pick their brains about what they thought about your client? Kind of. I haven't had the casting option yet because a lot of my clients, everything's we're trying to pitch something right now and then we'll get into casting. But say for Henry, I don't really, I'll just follow up and say, hey, thank you for the opportunity. Could you give us any constructive criticism or if they passed or anything? It's pretty straightforward. Do they ever respond with like real criticisms or no? Yeah, it's it's very like surface level. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks because sometimes I'm like, just tell me. I know, right? So when you made the official move here, I think honestly, any moving to any city after you graduate is a lot, but especially this city 
it's one of those weird phenomenons of it's so crowded and there's so many people, but you're also so alone. How did you establish your people and your community and like your life here? When I got here, I'm not going to lie. Imposter syndrome hit. It was so overwhelming. I was like calling my parents. I'm like, holy shit, LA's so big. Like <laughs> I didn't realize it took 40 minutes to go from Beverly Hills, West Hollywood to like Santa Monica, Venice. I didn't realize that. The scene is so different. The people who hang out at Venice Marina Del Rey is so different from Beverly Hills, West Hollywood Studios. It's like different worlds. Yeah. I have to give all credit to Henry. As soon as I found him and it was just worked out, he would say, hang out every day, go to this meeting because he would get asked for lunches, dinners. That got me able to meet my friends now who are actors and whatnot. So we keep a small circle. Everything that has happened to me is just all thanks to Henry Penzi. It's amazing. Yeah. I think it's important to have a small circle, but obviously like with my job, you're talking to so many people, but to get away from like the movies or anything to have fun, I have my set of circle and it helps me keep sane. Cause like I said, when you come to LA, as a new person, it's so, so overwhelming. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you don't want to think about the industry and all of the things. Mm-hmm. You just want to be a person. <laughs> a lot of times it feels like put on a face of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really pleasant and I'm really easy to work with and I'm really yeah. nice. And to me, it <laughs> feels so fake. And I hate that because I super value authenticity in people and honesty. But there's so much smoke and mirrors in our industry that you do have to kind of play the game. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm in a waiting room and there's five other blonde girls who look like me Mm -hmm. and we're all doing the same part (laughs) and the casting director comes in and everybody else is giggling and cute and nice. I can't just be like sitting there because then I look like a bitch, (laughs) but that's not my personality. But you feel like you have to play into that. So when you're in all these meetings, do you have that weird balance of I'm trying to be as honestly me as I can, but also I'm work Kyle. And like, how do you hold both things at the same time? No, that's a great question. Um, It's kind of funny. I'm really just myself. I have the issue of just laughing at everything. I think it's like a nervous or shy thing, but then people tell me, oh, that's a good trait. You can laugh. Okay. So I said, okay, fuck it. I'll laugh. We're just nice and kind, but we always like make sure that they're telling us the truth. Like those people are authentic in what they're telling us because we don't want you to like change up or, oh, you're nice. And then we're on set. You're the meanest fucking person in the world. But with me and Henry, they know what they're going to get because we're both the same. We're both laughing. We try to make every single meeting or pitch anything a fun time. We try to take away the pressure and seriousness of it. Of course, I have to like buckle down and be serious and whatnot. But I have the blessing and privilege to just laugh and be myself. I don't know. I, I wish I could explain it, but I can just go. No, in it's good. Yeah. Don't want to give you a problem you don't have. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think that's nice, too, because a lot of especially if you are the one going to pitch or if you're the actor or the creative that created this thing, it's very us versus you scary. Mm-hmm. And if you show up to the meeting and you guys are lovely, it's like, oh, At least they're not mean. And if they don't take it, they don't take it. But at least this was a good experience. Yeah, I want to follow up on that because people will come to us. And we had this girl who's now my client, Olive. She came to pitch us this really great project called Group. And she I could tell she was a little nervous coming in. uh, But then Henry's like, do you want to help me retile my backyard or something like that? And she just did it. And then we just started laughing and everything. And then she realized 
okay, these people are super chill because we also want to like connect and have fun and then get into the thing. People realize it's not as stressful with me and Henry. We really want to make you feel happy and comfortable. Yeah. Well, and the whole reason that most of us are in this is for the connection and the human aspect of it. And we've somehow taken it out of the business meetings because we think it's quote unquote, not professional or not appropriate, but I feel like that's what everybody's looking for anyway. Yeah, very true. The energy is very important because we've had some people who I just look at him like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I know it's corny. One of the worst thing people can say is no. And then you just move on. There's going to be a yes there. But there's going to be nine, nine no's and one yes. During the strike, because everything was put on pause, what did you do in your day-to-day life? Did you have clients that were on interim agreements? How did that kind of go for you guys? Man, for me personally, it was a lot of wine. I drank a lot of red <laughs> wine during this strike. And then I would throw on the office superstore, which are my comfort shows. I was just watching them through and through and through. And we still had like projects coming in and people trying to like actors who wanted like talent representation, but we really couldn't do anything with the strike. So we had to push it off. We didn't really do much. Like (laughs) we didn't do anything. (laughs) There's not a lot we could do. (laughs) Reading old scripts that I've already read just to like keep my mind still going. I don't want to like lose any um, leverage or any energy I had towards this. And I just hated reading the news. Oh, didn't come to an agreement. Another like issue. But then finally, when they came, I was like, yes, time to get to work. This may be too personal. So you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But my question is, I have a day job. So my finances, yeah, they could have been better because I could have been auditioning for side projects. But I still have my normal day job. For you guys, monetarily, what did you do? Great question. So well, it's in development, smart picks. It's a AI powered sports betting. You can't bet on the site, but they give you AI precision picks. And then you find that. And then you go to like FanDuel, DraftKings and make your bet. So we've had three people come to us and they wanted one of Henry's clients to be like the face of it. And then Henry threw me in there. He's like, Kyle can be your social media guy. So I'm like, okay. So that was like my side hustle right there. And then that's still like my side hustle now. Because I realized in Hollywood, you need like multiple streams of income to survive. We all do like (laughs) five different things. Mm -hmm. So that's how I made some money through the strike. The whole time I was like, man, all my friends and I, our agents and managers, that's their only job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, we're not making any money. (laughs) You're definitely not making any money. (laughs) Oh, definitely. I mean, I felt for everybody during that time. It was so like, people were struggling. It was just awful. And it's also weird now because I think because the strike was so long, all of us were like, if it just ends, if it just could end, then everything would be great. But especially on the acting side, just because the strike is over, we're not all getting like a hundred auditions every day. And Mm -hmm. then you're like, wow, I suck. And it's a lot harder to explain to family members that don't live here. Oh, I'm not working. But the strike's over. It's a lot easier to be like, oh, I'm not working because there's a strike. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I had that. So many people ask me. They still ask, like, what do you even do over there as like a producer talent manager? It's so funny. As a producer, your jobs is, say, going to a golf course. You could say, yeah, I went golfing and then I had a dinner. But that's literally work. Like, it's meetings, pitches. It doesn't look like I'm working because I'm on my phone and people are like, do you work or anything? I'm like, yeah, I'm literally working. I'm on my phone 
I'm on the computer. Like that's my work. I got blessed with it because I could never do an office. I really could not Same. sit nine to five. <laughs> Absolutely not. I still always get that question. Like, don't you have work or something? I'm like, I'm working. I'm literally working right now. <laughs> well, the catch 22 of it is I think people that have nine to fives think what we do is very alluring and exciting. And we oh, just yeah. work for like maybe three hours and then turn it all off. But the reality is all of us are working 24 seven. Like if you looked mm -hmm. at our calendars and we actually put in the hours that we do, it's more than somebody that does not that it's better because people that work nine to five work a lot, but it's a very different kind of work. If my manager texts me at midnight, I'm responding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Versus if I was an accountant and my boss emailed me at midnight, I wouldn't respond until <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I feel that. No, because I'm, I'm I'm working on Sundays, Saturdays. I'm working. I had to take off D&D &D on my phone from 9 p.m. to the morning because I did not want to miss anything. I don't think they realize that until you're in it. And I feel like it's a certain type of person that can handle this like industry. Like you have to be ready. You have to want it. And it's the whole there's always something else that you could do versus... Mm -hmm. When I was a server, once I leave, I'm done. There's, I'm not doing things at home for my serving job mm. versus when I get home from my day job, I'm like, well, I could be doing this, 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 and this. I could also start this and maybe I should email some other people about this and maybe I should write this. Like there's always something to do. I'm with you. Yeah. Even like I'm in bed at like 10 PM. You know what? Let me send a follow-up or let me answer this email right now. Or let me like break down the script even more. But I, like I said, I have the passion for it. I love it now. I don't see it as work, but it, it does get overwhelming and it's a lot. Do you ever feel like there are times or situations where it doesn't feel as creative or as exciting? Like are there certain things that become more mundane? No, I mean, me personally, this is truthful. Like I just don't get bored with it. Like I love it. I love everything in it. People don't like breaking down or reading scripts, but I love reading something and seeing it come to life on screen. Like it's amazing to see that. And I want to tell whoever's listening in the future, like if you don't know what you want to do, it will happen. Just give it time. Cause I didn't even know what a producer talent fucking manager was <laughs> until I got into Hollywood. I was like applying to be like a communications assistant at the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Vikings. Like that was my main focus. And I kept on getting denied, denied, denied. But I'm always like, okay, maybe this isn't my calling. Let me try something else. Cause I always had this creative thing but I didn't have the confidence back then. I didn't take any classes or whatnot that allowed me to practice on that. Like I was marketing, business, math. I was like, oh God, this is miserable. <laughs> this is awful. I paid attention to the signs of the universe. And I finally, it just clicked. And the universe shows patterns. You just got to pay really close attention. And I realized like, this is my calling. I have manifested someone like Henry to like, get me out of my comfort zone. Someone who's social, talking to so many people but now it's like, hey, what's up? It's so easy for me. And I'm like, so blessed and thankful. Were you a shy kid? Semi-shy. I don't know. I'm like quiet at first until I feel someone out. And then I'm like, can't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people in our industry that are, especially surprisingly, actors are very... Have you heard this term? Like you're, you can be an introverted extrovert, an extroverted yeah. introvert. Mm -hmm. So many actors, because we're so feely we're actually very inward because that's where all the deep feelings and emotions and that sort of thing is i 
I'm very fine with talking to people one-on-one. I'm fine with that sort of thing. I never want to be the center of a party. I don't want to be the reason the party is being thrown. I want to be invited. I want people to like that I'm there. I don't want to be the center of it all. I never want everyone looking at me unless I'm on a screen playing someone else or I'm on a stage being someone else. I feel that. Which is like a very different dynamic that I think people expect everyone in our industry to just be like, I can talk all the time. And I love when everyone's staring at me. Yeah, no, that's, I'm the same exact way. I've realized a lot of people who are now in very communicative professions or talking to so many people, loud spoken, they were also shy. So that kind of gave me something. I spent a lot of time, COVID especially, where I was very independent and a lot of time by myself. And that's when I took up meditation, mindfulness practices to focus on okay, what I need to work on and what fits me. And that's when I realized, dude, you got to start like going for it. And then I realized people aren't even going to remember what you say from a year from now. So just be yourself, be confident. I'm thankful for COVID, but I also, damn, it ruined my college a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, same. I feel like shy, quote unquote, kids that turn into adults are usually better at communicating and listening because they weren't the one that was talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. As a kid, they were the one that was listening and kind of picking up on what things people responded well to and what things people didn't respond well to. And then they kind of internalize that and are better at receiving other people's thoughts and accurately communicating theirs instead of just screaming. <laughs> that is beautifully said. You're right on the money with that. I agree. I like remember how someone answered a question or how they responded to that. And I'm like, okay, that's what I need to say. Then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to freestyle, switch it up and give my answer. <laughs> when you got into this whole crazy industry, what is something that you wish young you would have known? Even though I kind of did this from the get-go, really just don't be afraid to ask for help. Ask, am I doing this right? Is this how you do it? And just learn from the people who you want to be. Focus on what you want to do, copy that person, and then sort see if it fits you. And then you can kind of go from there. Once you're in that position, hold on to it, have the wisdom to stay and then grow. Yeah. It's like the saying, I don't know if it's a saying or if just Dex Shepard said it, but I listen to them a lot. So <laughs> he talks about how you find someone that has the life that you want and ask them how they got that and then copy them. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest form of flattery that you could give someone. Oh yeah. And it's funny because Henry, he would just hang out with young Mark Wahlberg up in Boston. I think the first movie they did might've been Boogie Nights when uh, a porn star director finds him as a waiter, which I feel like happens in LA. Like I think I oh, I'm sure Chris Pratt, a director, he's waiting at the table and she said, I think you'd be perfect for this role. I think that's how I'm like, when is that going to happen for me? Someone. I know, right? <laughs> Go to Cafe Roma for anyone listening. Go to Cafe (laughs) Roma. (laughs) And then him and Mark would just go for it. And he would pitch them and then make connections. And then you just move on from there. I feel like we have both ideas happening at the same time of kind of what you were talking about of all of us in this industry have a sense of delusion that we can make it in this very, very hard Mm. business that has millions of people that want to be the top 1%. And then also have the humbleness to know we have to be working extremely hard to even remotely get there. So I feel like a lot of times I'll have like on Monday, I'm like, wow, I've done so much. Look at me. (laughs) I'm doing great. So proud. Little me is so happy. And then on Tuesday, I'm like, what? I have done nothing. I hate everything I do. I'm not good at anything. And I'm just going to die here. What do you do when you have both 
things at the same time? How do you kind of equalize that? Yeah, I have those thoughts. Then I feel like realize so many people want my spot. When I do feel down, that like motivates me even more. I don't compare myself to someone on a billboard or anything like that. I'm thinking, damn, who got them that role on the billboard? How'd they do that? I need to do that. But I'm always studying, researching producers, directors, how they get that client. And it's really just really connecting with them. Like I'll even pitch myself to like other people. Do you want a manager? I'm ready. I've learned from Henry Penzi who represents blah, 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 blah. Which is crazy because actors never get pitched to. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to break the boundaries. I'm going to reach out. If I see someone and I'm like, damn, they have it. They have that look, how they come off. I think they could help me and I can help them. And then I just grab it. I kind of always focus like that. What is something that you wish people knew either about your career or what a producer or manager does? You really need to be good at balancing or being able to handle so many different personalities and egos. I feel like that's very important and still staying sane and not ruining your image. I've seen it on set. Directors get yelled at by some big star or big star just completely losing it, yelling at a poor PA, the makeup, being able to be a people person and understanding egos, how to talk to them without having them freak out more or having yourself lose your composure is very important, especially as a talent manager. They want someone who be professional, keep their composure, also have fun, but also they don't want a talent manager that like everyone hates because then no one's going to want them work because it goes to the talent manager work on yourself make sure you're focused make sure you're nice it's really all I can say for that one <laughs> yeah it's such a balance too because my manager is very nice people like him but then he's also texting me like is everything okay is something wrong mm. if something's wrong I will go bother whoever it is that makes <laughs> this because he doesn't want me to have to be the bad guy because they want me to be likable and ask me back and I'm so nice to have on set and he's like, if there's anyone that they should be upset with, it should be me because then I can be like, well, I'm looking out for her legalities and her safety and blah, 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 yeah. blah. Versus me I being agree. like, oh, this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I'm like that too. I'll reach out to clients. Hey, how you doing? Just checking in. Great job. You know, a month ago on that project, I just want to say thank you for giving me the chance. I thought you did great. Let's build on it. I would take the blame for saying if one of my clients happen to be unprofessional or something on set I would take the blame because I should yeah and sometimes like actors we're kind of fragile mm -hmm. we need that support every once in a while or sometimes if I turn in a particularly good tape my manager will text me and be like hey good tape and I'm like yes <laughs> yeah it's the words of affirmations to them and just keeping them going boosting their confidence and I think for actors it's comforting too because there's so many things that are depending on you as the performer, like the project, the money that's being put into this time, the whole set, the crew, the makeup person, this person. And then also on top of that, well, if I don't get this audition, my manager doesn't get paid. And I know he's working really hard and I want him to get paid. And sometimes it feels like it's all your fault if something does or doesn't work. And it's mm -hmm. nice to have a manager that's like, Hey, I believe in you and your talent. We're not going to get this one. That's fine. We're going to move on to the next thing. I'm not upset with you. We don't need another person upset <laughs> that we didn't book whatever we didn't book. I'm like that because with Yasmin, she's um, she's over based in London. So I'm on WhatsApp and I get on it and she's like, oh, we got another no from a litter agent. I'm saying, it's okay. There's so many out there and there's so many other people trying to do what we're doing. going to happen. Be patient. The money will come.
I never would have thought or guessed that I would be a talent manager or assistant to a producer. And that just happens. 100% confident your show is going to get bought. Just be patient. Trust me, because I'm working hard for you. Well, is there anything that you want to promote or drop? Um, Yeah, you guys can give me. Definitely, I need some more followers on Instagram. <laughs> at Kyle Golding underscore underscore. And then if you guys could follow, if you're into sports betting, follow Smart Picks. Vernon Davis is the ambassador. And we're constantly growing with new talent, new NFL players who want to join the team. Thanks for coming. I'll put everything in the show notes. But I really appreciate this. Of course. Thanks for coming. All right. Whoever's listening, if you need a talent manager or anything, hit me up. <laughs> slide into the DMs. Find him on LinkedIn. All the yeah. Don't be afraid to slide into the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.